Hello and welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast, the podcast for curious event professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. My name is Miguel Lepsch, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of EventMB. In this episode titled Empowering Women Through Mentoring, I have the pleasure of speaking with Georgia Sati, Venue Fine Operations Manager at Agito, and Sophie Conlon, Events and Communications Manager at the University of Essex, both of which are mentees in the Fast Forward 15 program. We cover a lot of topics around mentoring, including unusual career paths in the event industry, how mentoring inspires and supports event professionals, the value of a structured mentoring program, how a shared mentoring experience brings people together, and what we can expect from the current supply chain crunch, the brain drain that we're experiencing, and dealing with more and more last-minute requests. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation, and I invite you to check out the other episodes of the Event Manager Podcast with tips and insights from today's most influential event professionals. You can find all the episodes on our website or subscribe through your favorite podcast service. And now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast. Today I am joined by two uh, aspiring and experienced meeting professionals uh, from the UK. I'm joined by joined by Sophie Conlon and Georgia Sutty. Welcome to the show. Hi. 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 Very welcome. So um, I want to start with some personal introductions. Um, this show is very much based on personal personalities, and I want to make sure to capture those. Um, so, Sophie, could you tell me a little bit about you know who you are and how did you get to be you? Yeah, um, it's an interesting one because I wouldn't say I followed a normal career path to get to where I am now. Um, I think I really followed the motto of if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, it was only a few years ago I was working in the background of the construction industry mm-hmm. and I always had like a interest for events and tourism and I just was kind of like just give it a go you don't know I need to tick that box and see if it is for me um, so I literally reached out to a bunch of local event organizers and I said you know can I volunteer with you can I do some work with you and to which they said yes and it went really well and I managed to get paid positions with that and now I'm in a full-time events role running corporate and educational events so yeah and what's your what's your role right now um I'm currently working at the University of Essex as event manager there running all of their events okay and what did you study I didn't I didn't um do a degree or anything like that I simply straight from college to work 
Well done. <laughs> Congratulations. I think, yeah, I think Thank there's you. a lot of stories in the event industry of, of people who study or not, but, you know, do something completely different and then kind of land in events. So I think you'll find that you're, you're not that unique in that sense, but no, you know, no, it, no. It, it, there's so many different stories. And uh, myself, I, I come from a music background. So um, I guess music and events are not that different, but it is a bit yeah. of a job to kind of go in that way. Yeah. And, and Georgia would love to kind of hear your story as well. Yeah, so um, I actually grew up in like the hospitality business. My my father was a general manager, so from a we diddy dot, I have moved around a lot, and I, I think must be in my blood. Uh, so I've I've, I've studied uh, tourism and hospitality at University of Plymouth. Um, I then did my gap year in Dubai, which I think just knocked it on the head for me that I just loved everything in terms of events, venue finding. Um, and yes, so I've now been in the industry for about 17 years. Um, and I'm now working at Agito, which is an agency for business travel. And I'm the venue find operations manager. So I've uh, been able to progress through from um, working on reception and making tea all the way through now to heading up uh, my team here. Brilliant. So Congratulations. Thank you. So a uh, bit of a fun question, but I think it touches on, a, on an interesting point. How do you explain to, to your friends and family, and I'll start with Georgia, what you do, <laughs> and, and maybe not the ones that are in the industry, but the ones that are outside the industry, what do you, what do you, how do you tell them? How do you explain it? My mum, my mum still doesn't get it sometimes. I'm just like, just think of a big conference where, you know, if, if uh, she's actually a nurse, I think, imagine like you're going on a training day, that kind of thing. That's, that's what I would help. My team would help uh, organize. So that's what I tend to tell her or, um, yeah, I just said, imagine any kind of event that you would attend. We always support with finding and locating that venue to spare some, uh, inspiration and that kind of <laughs> I find it really odd because it's not the usual part I know Sophie and I were talking about it earlier which I think she'll expand on but it's not like the movies <laughs> which I think a lot of people tend to think uh, of like the wedding planner or something where you're walking around with the headset and a clipboard yeah yeah exactly, Sophie, that? Um, yeah, exactly what Georgia was saying we were um, laughing about it a few minutes before this and we were saying that if you tell people you work in events they just think you know you're a party planner um, which, you know, I'm sure that we can all put on a great party, but um, the industry is so much more than that and our jobs are so much more than that. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one, but I do hope that kind of stereotype goes a little bit um, throughout the years. <laughs> if anything, it's more pressure when if you do host a party or something, like the, the pressure from your friends and family is actually a lot higher. They're like, well, you do this as a job. So I am expecting a, a really good uh, soiree. <laughs> I know. I yeah. think I'm designated party organizer. Yeah. And, uh, my social group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, this is a bit of a fun question, but it always raises an important point. You know, that that idea that people find it hard to understand what the event industry is and and, and how it works. And so, so I wanted to kind of maybe start with you, Sophie, in terms of. In your view, why are events so important? Because, you know, I imagine you're in this, obviously, it's your job, you, you make money from it, but you must believe in events doing something special or doing something, you know, doing something that's not common and, and therefore being worthwhile. And how do you think that that works out? I mean, why do you think events are um, important in, in the global scheme? Do you know what? I think um, it creates a sense of purpose for people. 
it's something different in their Monday to Fridays. It's something people can look forward to. Um, and it's sort of like the groundings to, you know, enjoyment in life a little bit because the, there's so many different types of events on. Um, people's lives are based around events. Um, and it really does bring people together. And I think it's so important as well because overall it just will improve people's well-being. Um, and, yeah, life itself, really, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I, hearing you say that I'm kind of thinking okay well through the pandemic we definitely had a, had a bit of a, a shortage of, of these moments right? yeah. exactly yeah. Um, and it really did go to show um, without events we were a lot unhappier um, mm-hmm. so yeah definitely Georgia you agree yeah yeah absolutely I think it contributes to your social well-being I think Sophie just touched on that that exchange of ideas um I'm one that I when I have a face-to-face I was actually at a, a, a venue yesterday having a strategy day with two of my colleagues and that networking part of being able to bounce ideas off each other um it, it really just it really does help and the and then outside of the actual events, even just meeting people of all professional levels that you haven't before, it increases your confidence. I, I just think it opens up further opportunities, um, especially if, you, if you've if you never um, started out in certain ways or, you know, there's a wealth of experience out there to, to kind of um, draw upon. And, and it's not just... I think about work either it's also about you know sometimes of that just general life stuff which I think we've not done and especially over like zoom and stuff you just talk about work and then it's like right next meeting move on you don't have that fun interaction and um laughing about something that happened with your dog at the weekend or you know that kind of thing so yeah definitely there's a there's a whole realm of why events are important and I'm so excited that all the face-to-face stuff is now um coming back Great. It's keeping me busy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good sign. That's good news. So I wanted to touch upon the um, Fast Forward 15 mentoring program. I know you're both part of this mentoring program. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people listening may not be familiar with what it is. So would, would one of you be able to give me a, a short description of, of what that what it is and how it works? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's a it's a mentoring scheme that was founded by Faye Sharp. She uh, actually recently uh, received an OBE as well. So she set up the team in 2014. Um, and it's a not-for-profit um, mentoring scheme. Uh, so basically she did it because around, I think, 75% of the industry being female, um, but less than 20% are in the kind of the top positions. So the scheme was kind of to provide um, impartial advice, support, that planning for your career and progression um, for, for women in the events industry. Um, so that's that's kind of it in a, in a nutshell. We There's 15 of us, ironically, and uh, we all got paired up with uh, an industry you know, expert um, that can impart some of their knowledge and, and support us in, in our kind of our, our own personal goals. It doesn't always have to be work-related either. Um, like me personally, I, I had a, a goal to, to buy my house this year, which I've done, I've moved in. And, you know, that, that for me was a, thank you. That was, a, that was a really big step in making, taking that next um, leap in, in a personal part. But then, you know, separately, we talk about work stuff as well. And Sophie, can you tell me a little bit about how it works in practice? I mean, is it is it structured? Uh, how often do you meet? How how does that all work? Well, 
when you have your interview you are they kind of get to know what goals you want what your interests are and then you get um as Georgia was saying a designated mentor um there are initially 10 mentor sessions that you have per year and um we have some educational days as well um we've got one next week in Brighton where which is basically all of us girls get to meet and we're all really excited about it and we get to meet and learn from Faye and industry leaders there and they basically run workshops for us on like confidence building cv workshops how to achieve your goals how to even work out what your goals are um they do educational days like that which are really brilliant um and then with the mentor schemes you get allocated 10 per year but i've always found it really does depend on your, your relationship with your mentor um like if i phoned mine up now um they'd have a chat with me and would have a meeting and you know, they actually are available there for you at all times, um, which is great. Um, and the reason why the program's also like so amazing is because the mentors are doing it all for free. They don't get yeah. paid to do it. Um, and I just think it's incredible how these men and women want to help us um, in our careers. So, yeah, it's a really rewarding program. And I would recommend it to any female in the industry. Wish you lots of luck with that. I think uh, hopefully the people listening to the podcast will will still be in time to register. If not, um, absolutely, yeah, yeah. If not, I mean, I wanted to before we kind of move on. I wanted to just make sure we really capture all the real benefits of this kind of mentoring program. Uh, I mean, is this the first mentoring program that you've been a part of? I've done one internally with work before, um, but I think because you have a mentor that is completely out of your day to day and out of that workspace, you really do um, get a different point of view. You get a sounding board that's that's not aligned to what your objectives are or what your what the company is trying to do. So I I found that really beneficial in having someone that can give you a completely different perspective on something that that that's probably out of the norm and I, I think I like that and I like the challenge and the thought process of someone that you haven't worked with before so yeah. for me that's a that's a massive bonus point and how how important do you think is is the structure around the program you know because I think some mentoring programs are a bit more open-ended you know you can kind of get teamed up with someone but but it sounds like there's quite a bit of structure and there's events mm. and there's things that you have to do is, is that important you feel to to kind of make the most out of the opportunity absolutely because you reflect like after each session that you have with your mentor you're able to reflect on it you're able to jot down those notes um which is then collated as well so i think having that structure gives you a plan as well as as how that that time goes on and exactly you know what little goals are you hitting or have they changed which is quite you know it, especially over the last year i think um everything's completely changed the, the goalposts of you know is that going to happen are, are those restrictions going to lift um and that, i think that goes for our day-to-day -day lives our, our plans and and circumstances change and having that structure enables everything else that changes in your life, you can still follow that process. Sure. Sophie, and, and for, in your perspective, uh, you know, for someone who might not be that keen on, 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 on a mentoring program, you know, might be on the fence or might be like, well, I don't know if this is for me, this sounds a bit awkward, for whatever reason, they might not be that interested. What would you say to that person to kind of maybe push them over the, over the edge or, you know, in a positive way? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what I would say? This program has really taught me that you have to jump out of your comfort zone. When I first applied to Fast Forward 15, I had no idea what to expect. And I thought, oh, God, these people are going to know. They're going to know so much more than me. And I'm going to feel like a complete newbie. And I don't know what I'm doing. But I really, when I started to come to terms with the program and I got into it, I really didn't feel that anymore. And I thought we all are really here to support one another. Um, so if you are thinking of applying, I just wouldn't hesitate and I would do it because the rewards you see from it are so beneficial to you. Um, and the community that us girls have all built as well is, is so lovely. Like, I think all of us have won an award or we've got a promotion or we've achieved some big life goals. And I would say that is down to fast forward 15. Um, so in the past year, it's just such a big support network that you've got. Um, and I think we probably talk every day, don't we, Georgia? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So all of us talk in some form. Every day. Yeah. So, um, and it is really great. Um, and I think after our programs finish, we probably won't really know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, hopefully, it has some some positive impacts that you can kind of keep reaping the rewards. Definitely. Great stuff. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. So I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more bigger picture now. Um, we're at a really interesting time. We're all kind of hoping that events uh, are possible in the next few months and, and during the next year. Um, I don't want to say that the pandemic is is behind us. I don't want to jinx it in a way, but you know, we're all hoping that there is a that we can all do that now. We can all plan events and we can all go forward with these things. Um, what do you think are kind of the big challenges that that the industry might still be facing? Um, in the next year or in in the future, um, you know, related to the pandemic or not, there may be other challenges that you see coming up ahead. Um, from my perspective, I, I've found probably the last 12 months, probably the, the hardest, I think, um, the unknown, I think I touched on it before, but that unknown, um, that that movement of restrictions and guidelines has been, has been really, really tough. Uh, and the biggest challenge right now is because we lost so many so the wealth of experience from the industry where people had to maybe pursue other careers we're now finding in our, ourselves that the demand is coming up but we're we're bringing in brand new you know green people into the industry which is having a probably a knock-on effect but at the same time there's so many opportunities now because new jobs are popping up those roles are expanding through um in different different pockets around the industry so yeah I, I feel like it's really exciting but it's also really nerving because you're trying to balance everything in terms of what's going on in the world and trying to make sure that you're delivering the best customer experience and uh, for, for people that are wanting to go back into the events world um yeah it's uh it's, it's been tough. Like, I'm not going to deny that. I've, I've really, there's sometimes I've really, really uh, struggled um, 
but yeah the recruitment part for me at the moment is um is a lot harder than i thought it was going to be yeah. um even even i think so Soph and i were talking about even like where to go if you if you are something one that wants to pursue that that career where do you where do you go for that where do you go for that information now to just to know what you're looking for and to experience that I think and that's why things like a mentoring program kind of looping back in with that is actually a really good chance for you to explore those avenues well thank you for sharing that and I think uh thank you for uh you know admitting to the, these things I think I, I think it, it's been incredibly challenging and, and I think it continues mm. to be challenging like you say that, that there's a lot of uncertainties and and a lot of experience lost so um, we'll see what the next few months bring and then how we yeah. manage to deal with the, all these things right mm. I, I hope some people decide to come back to the industry because you, you you go into it because you love it and you enjoy it you know that's why we're both here and I'm really hoping that people see that it's coming back and then with those opportunities start applying again because uh yeah it'd be sad to see people leave after such a tough time for sure and sophie any challenges you see coming up your head um do you know what i think although that the covid restrictions have dropped which is fantastic and we're all very relieved about that there's still a level of uncertainty when we're planning events like are people comfortable, you know, speed networking? Are we comfortable sharing food at a buffet? And it's all just us trying to understand that and understand what our, the audience want and our guests want. So I think there is that challenge there in the industry still because we're all still trying to figure it out even all these years later. So yeah, I definitely think that that's a big challenge there, but I'm confident that in time it will ease. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you make a, a very good point. Just because the restrictions are gone, doesn't mean that people feel mm. ready for 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 what you've set up or or, or the events Especially or the way it's working. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly that. And what about you know in, in the industry? Are there any things that you'd like to see change? You know, do you have any sort of pet peeves or anything that you kind of look at the industry and go, "Well, I love the industry, but if I could change something, what would that be?" And we'll um, start with Sophie. Yeah, for me, uh, Georgia lightly touched on this before, as I know we've discussed it. Um, I just think that the level of accessibility to recruitment is quite low in the industry. There's so many jobs out there and everything, but if you're new and you don't know anyone, you don't know where to look. There isn't a, an Indeed website for the events industry. You have to, you know, sign up with an agency or you know look on Indeed and things like that, look on LinkedIn and things like that. So. If you don't know that and you don't have, you know, like things like I do, like the mentor program, I wouldn't know how to do that. I wouldn't know how to get the best jobs in the industry. Um, but it is changing a little bit. There's um, a man called Robert Kenwood. He has set up the hub jobs. I don't know if you know about him. He set up the hub jobs where he noticed that this is a need in the industry. And he set up this platform like an online job board. And that's brilliant. And I think we need more of that in the industry. Um, we definitely need more of Robert Kenwood. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, and I think that it's, it's interesting because that kind of links back to, to to the start of our conversation. We were saying, you know, how do you explain what you do? And it's such a such a kind of a simple mm. question, but without people really understanding the industry, it's hard to kind of find the industry and to find the jobs within the industry if, if it's mm. if it's so obscure in a way. Right? Yeah, and the jobs are so diverse as well. And 
when you're looking at jobs, you're like, what, what does that mean? What is that different to this? You know, there's mm. just so many questions around it that, are, that aren't that clear. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of standardization, right? And, and, and a lot of companies call, you know, maybe it's a similar job, but it, it sounds very different on paper and to actually understand mm. what it is. I think what, what we're also finding quite interesting is that there are companies advertising jobs that are clearly event manager jobs, but they don't mm. call them event manager jobs. You know, they have other names for it. And then you read through the description, it's like, wait, this is about organizing events really, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but they don't really kind of have that. You know, I, I just think people don't understand that that is the crux of the job. Mm -hmm. You know, there might be a, yeah. a marketing role that does a bunch of things and it's like, well, actually event planning is a huge part of it. So, you know, is yeah. it right to be a marketing role or not? Yeah, I actually had the same problem with my job now and I, they managed to change my job title after me bringing it up. But before that, I was like, what does that job even mean? <laughs> what, so, yeah, what was your title before? Um, executive, events executive or something, but it's actually, you know, the manager of the department. So yeah, I definitely thought it needed a bit more highlighting. <laughs> well done for you. Well done you for, uh, for, for managing the change, the title. I think that's, Thank you. that's really good. That's really good progress. <laughs> and Georgia, any thoughts on that? I think for me at the moment, it's just general lead times. I think everyone is just waiting for, even when it comes to like contractually, um, that's the one thing that I would like to change at the moment that just gives us a bit more time to be able to, to, to get things organized and boxed off. Um, you know, giving two days for some of these, these size events that are coming through is it just puts the, the team and myself under, you know, immense pressure to make sure because the experience and the, their expectation is still obviously quite high, um, but with that short yeah. turnaround and then the knock-on that has on our supply chain as well. Um, yeah, it's just making sure that if you if you if you're planning something, try to do it as you know as far in advance as you can. Um, but I, I know that's difficult at the moment. <laughs> I know. I was going to kind of ask. Well, yeah. I totally understand the frustration, but I'm kind of wondering yeah. what the solution is because we've also talked about such uncertainty, right? And companies being so uncertain about when things are going to move forward. Yeah, I think I think it's having that agreement. You know, it's better to to kind of plan or tentatively have something and then be open and honest that that's the situation that you're in. And then we can do the same with our supply chain so that, again, in terms of like if venues are holding space and, you know, we're not sure, but it's, it's you know, it's we have a cutoff date and we agree those in advance. I think that would support it. But at the moment, what happens is you it's just radio silence and then we're trying to search frantically for availability you're then having to probably approach you know 20 30 venues when actually we, we probably could have had those conversations in advance so my yeah. ask would be try it try and plan and be open and honest with what your what your um intentions are and let me let me dig in a little bit deeper do you <laughs> do you see some um openness from the venue perspective of being more flexible because you know you're asking oh, people to sort of book a little bit further in advance but you know they need absolutely. to be absolutely i think yeah i think they're there again with the, the supply going back to the supply chain part i think they are experiencing the same you know um stoppers and blockers in terms of staffing and you know even even some days there's a there was a time where i rang and they said i can't help you with the booking for tomorrow i literally have no staff so in in their in their respect they're being open and honest so that we can share that back so that they like our customers 
understand the pressures that we're under at the moment because mm-hmm. I think some people don't think they've read oh it's just back to normal now restrictions are lifted it's like but we're not we're not back there yet we're getting there and the recovery will take some time um but yeah in terms of like contracts um you know changing things cancellation um terms of venues and suppliers are being so much more flexible with us no, that's which good I, to think hear, is, I think it goes it goes a long way yeah yeah, I think that's good to hear. And I think hopefully clients get that message as well, just to say, look, let's let's book these things and, and we'll make sure to not penalize you edu- completely. Yeah. It's like an educational piece, isn't it? It's 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 learning the changing the way that we've worked for so many years and it's completely ripping up the the book and starting from scratch, I guess. That's what Absolutely. it feels like anyway, some days. <laughs> well, Thank you both for for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to to, to get to know you a bit better and to understand all the the the, uh, the ins and outs of Fast Forward Fifteen and mentoring programs. I think really fascinating and really uh, empowering. I can definitely see how much it's helped and how much it's it's really kind of a, a big part of 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 who you are. Really, I think. I mean, I don't know if that's if that's uh, okay to say, but I feel like it's it's really kind of helped you. Yeah. Yeah. Good to hear. So I wanted to uh, get a recommendation from you of, of who we should interview next on the podcast. We always ask this uh, of all our guests and uh, it always creates a nice little uh, wheel or a nice little cycle that we can come back to and, and, and interview people. So um, I'll take one or, or one from each of you, uh, if anybody you can think of that you think should be a, a guest on the podcast. Yeah, um, George and I were actually discussing this before um, and we both agreed on, I think it was two people, was <laughs> Georgia. Um, I feel like because I mentioned Robert Kenwood from the Hub Jobs, I have to bring him in on the next podcast. <laughs> and also we've got um, Charlie. She's one of our mentees on our uh, Fast Forward 15 program. Um, she set up her own event company during COVID. Um, so she'd definitely be a really good one mm-hmm. to talk to. And it, I suppose it's focusing on all the um, recruitment and staffing part as well. So these two are probably quite apt for um, based on some of our discussions today absolutely it sounds like uh, you're uh, you're not only thinking of the challenges but also figuring out the solutions and, and supporting people that are figuring out those solutions right. <laughs> so uh, very happy to have those recommendations thank you again for being on i hope you enjoyed being on the podcast and everybody listening oh, i hope lovely. you enjoyed thank the interview so as well thank, thank you very much, much for having us. thanks bye. all the best bye Thank you for listening to this edition of the Event Manager Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and the best articles on technology and innovation in the event industry, head over to eventmb.com.